0: Hello, Welcome back. We are continuing in the study of Hebrews. We have come to Hebrews chapter two. Um, if you would go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter two, we now come to a point where the author of this letter is taking a moment to reflect. Um, there's a word here in uh, Hebrews chapter two, verse one, it says therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip so it's very important when you see this word therefore that you ask yourself what is it there for so it's a transition word that is connecting all the things that have been said previously all the facts that have been listed about God and how he's ministered to uh, on behalf of man in this uh, new dispensation that we're transitioning into, that the Hebrews are transitioning from the um, old covenant um, economy to now this new Testament economy. So the author this letter is instructing them to show them the importance of this transition and that it should be embraced fully and uh, in chapter 1 we saw the basic reasons uh, of why it's important to embrace this new economy now this would have been challenging for those Hebrew believers because they had a lot of history uh, under the law and, you know, giving sacrifices and the high priest and the priestly ministry of the Levites that was ingrained in their minds and their culture. So it would have been a real challenge for them. And also they knew Jesus, you know, they knew him. They, um, Many of these people had a personal relationship, you know, with, you know relatives of his family. Uh, they went to school with him. So there needed to be some instruction. And we also need that instruction in our time because uh, we don't have any of those things. We don't, our culture is not surrounded uh, around God. God has not set apart the United States to be his people. Although there's a lot of people in the United States who think that, but many of us only know um, the truths of, The Bible, the revelation of God through this nation Israel and through the uh, creation of the church that came out of the day of Pentecost and the efforts and the work that was done by the dedicated believers who embraced the truths and went out and ministered and proclaimed the gospel. And that's how we come into relationship with the Lord Jesus now through the gospel. So now the writer is going to say, therefore, therefore is reflecting back on the facts. And I'm just going to review some of those facts. Uh, Fact one, God, who spoke to the fathers by the prophets, has spoken unto us individually by his son. So there's a big change there before God spoke uh, to certain individuals. Um, and he would use prophets. He would call different prophets and have them proclaim uh, his truth to the people. Uh, There's a process. There's a distance to where just Joe uh, Hebrew could not just go to God directly and have a conversation. There was a There's a temple, there's uh, Levites, there's a sacrifice, there's a process that you had to go through that maintains somewhat of a distance from God. So now we have a better relationship, a closer relationship. Each individual believer is indwelled with God, the Holy Spirit, so we have access to God continually. We have our own um, holy of holies living within us to lead and guide us and to empower us to be able to live this life. So that's a that's a big transition. Another point that he is referring to that was stated: uh, who has appointed, who has been appointed heir of all things. So this same God, the Lord Jesus, has. Not only uh, spoken to us directly, but he's also been appointed heir of all things. So there's a new role of ministry that he has to mankind in being appointed heir of all things. And we'll look into that more of that here in a little bit as we uh, get further in the letter. Uh, Another thing, he's above all the angels. So... The angelic ministry was very prominent to the nation Israel uh, the law came by angels uh, they ate manna which was the food of angels so uh, angels had a very prominent role in the culture and in their relationship to God and how that he called them out and made them um, a very unique people so um, That's one of the other things that he's uh, reflecting back on. And now, as a result of all these things that Jesus has done, he has elevated man even above the angels. Because even as he's been elevated um, above the angels, so too man has been elevated. And it's very important that we keep in mind that God has always been God. That, is, that, that won't change, it cannot change. God is immutable, he cannot change. But what God has done is he's taken upon himself uh, humanity, right? It's like he put on a garment of humanity. That's kind of the, the way you can look at it, is he wrapped himself in flesh. And in doing that, he has accomplished something on behalf of mankind. He didn't accomplish anything on behalf of himself he did this on behalf of mankind in that he redeemed man through this action and so whereas man was below the angels because the angels are you know in heaven they were created before man they live as spiritual beings in the heavenly realm uh, they have powers and abilities far beyond the ones that we have or any power that we might have so They were above us, but in taking on flesh and taking on humanity, Jesus has now elevated man even above angels, even as he and his ministry is above angels. So these are the things that the therefore is reflecting on, is looking back to. So he's saying that, therefore, based on these things, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. So obviously there is a danger of not giving heed, earnest heed. That word here that uh, is translated earnest, it means to give a much, much more or super attention to. So that makes sense because... Um, these things are vitally important. And I think it's a, there's a danger for all believers that we can kind of get caught up in the monotony of life, uh, the distractions that are all around us, the things that we get very into, um, that we can actually not give the proper place to spiritual things. Now, we've been called to these things. God has done a mighty work to call us out of darkness into light. And it's for a purpose. And we need to embrace that. And we need to make that our singular, most important priority in life. Now, repeat that. It should be our singular, most important priority in life. Everything that we do should be in relation to our relationship to the Lord Jesus first. And that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people. That may be a difficult pill to swallow. Um, It's not, it hasn't been an easy pill for me to swallow, but I found that whenever I don't want to swallow something, God has a way of making me to swallow it. So the key is, is to take hold of these exhortations and these, this instruction and these warnings when we're given them. Don't, um, don't be hard-headed because the Lord has a way of making your hard head soft. So he's telling us, he's warning us here. He says, we ought to give more earnest heed to these things. You know, he's saying that's what we ought to do, which suggests that the majority of people do not. So he's telling these Hebrew believers that this is important, right? I understand what you're going through. I understand in your life you're experiencing some very hard things. I understand that, you know, this is a difficult transition for you. That's the purpose of God, the Holy Spirit. That's the purpose of the word to instruct that's how why I'm leading and guiding you into this. So listen. Pay attention. Take heed to what I'm telling you. And that's because God knows the difficulties that are surrounded being hard-headed and not taking heed to these things. And he's warning us ahead of time. He's telling us, "Hey, I know what it's going to be like for you if you don't listen. So, listen up. Listen up because, you know, we don't want these things to slip. We don't want to allow other things that are not as important to come between this because I have called you, I created you for this purpose. No matter what you think your purpose is in life. You think your purpose is to be a mother or a father or a husband or a wife or the captain of the football team or leader of the cheer squad regardless of what you think your purpose might be this is your purpose if you're a believer this is what God called you out of darkness into to light for so we have to really be careful and not let spiritual things slip. They should be a priority in our lives. And, and if, if they're not a priority, you know it. The fact that you're listening to this means that you understand the importance of worship. You understand the importance that spiritual things have in your life. And the writer here is exhorting us to not let those things slip. So he also, he has a little weight in verse two to help us understand the gravity of this exhortation in verse two, it says, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Um, so verse two, he's referring to the law because the law was given to Moses, uh, on my, Mount Sinai by angels, you know, God gave him the law and the law Had with each transgression, right, or any disobedience, there was a just recompense of reward. Meaning, if you violated the law, there were certain things you could do, you could be stoned. Um, There was always a consequence and it was very bad whenever you transgressed the law. It was death, you know, if you violate the law, if you don't live by this law, then you will die. And the only way to be delivered from that was the sacrifices so you that's why the Hebrews were constantly taking sacrifices to the temple to the tabernacle because they didn't want to die you know they knew that they were not able to uh, live by this law and it's the the author is referring to the law because the law played such a pivotal role in the lives of these Hebrew people. And he's, he's basically saying that, you know, yes, now we're under a new dispensation, but that does not negate the fact that all those things that you were given prior to now, all your, those things that God did to integrate into your culture and to bring you to him through the old Testament, old covenant, those things are still valid because God hasn't changed. Right, God is still God, and His righteousness and His righteous demands are still present, and that's why He refers to um, the words spoken by angels, and they knew this. They knew that these, uh, the law was very strict, and they knew that there was a recompense, a reward associated with it, but that reward was negative. And he's using that to make them to understand that we have a responsibility, a responsibility to our spiritual selves, to our spiritual lives, to embrace the word of God, to make it a part of our lives, to have ourselves to be devoted to the service of the Lord Jesus in this life. Because that is what we'll be doing for eternity. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. We have a very special opportunity to serve the Lord Jesus in a way that we'll never have again. After you die, you'll never be able to serve him in the way that we can serve him now. And that's why he says, store up treasure now in heaven. The things that we do now, there's uh, very positive rewards associated with spiritual activity while we're in this life. That's the purpose of being in this life. That's why we're here. That's why we don't get saved and then immediately go to heaven, because there's a process where God is going to develop us and make us into the person that he wants us to be, that we need to be for the next phase, the next economy of service. Well, while we're here now, we need to be serving him in a way that glorifies him and honors him and exalts him and that's what the warning is here in verse two so that's why he refers to the law and in verse three it says how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at first began to be spoken by the lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard so here we see a question posed the question is how shall we escape so escape what you know that's the question what are we escaping i mean it sounds very ominous i mean can we lose our salvation if we don't um give earnest heed no we cannot once that you're saved that's what it means salvation means to be taken completely out of danger so we have no danger of losing our salvation We are placed in Christ. We're seated with Christ in heaven. And now we're uh, in the process of being made into the um, servants that he wants us to be uh, for eternity. So that's not what we're escaping here. What we are escaping is the danger of living a life that does not give the proper place to the Lord Jesus that does not honor and glorify him. That is the danger. And, you know, you can be a believer, you can live a life as a Christian and still not fully embrace all the things, all the blessings associated with being a believer. It's definitely a possibility. You know, it's, it's, and it's dangerous because you end up getting thrown around tossed around you fall you get up you fall you get up you fall and you're falling all the time and it's confusing you don't have any peace because you're constantly going from one extreme to another and what the lord wants for us is to live a life of a walk a steady progression towards a goal you know not you know going down the road and then getting distracted and going down this other path and finding oh my goodness I'm way away from where I should be let me work my way back to where I should be you know and during that process you know it hurts it's not a fun life to live um it's hard enough just being a believer you know it's it's challenging enough just being a believer but when you uh, neglect the things of salvation, you neglect what it is that God has called you to do, um, that's, that's really not fun. So it's important that we don't fall into that trap. Uh, this is a very viable warning to the Hebrew believers because you know some of them wanted to go back to the old way of life, They're like, well, you know, my family's over there and, you know, all my friends, they're still doing that. And now I'm serving Jesus and wow, I'm alienated from my culture. I'm alienated from my family. You know, I've been, people won't do business with me now. And it was very hard. It was a very difficult transition for them in their culture to be rejected and to be cast out um, from the culture because now they serve Jesus and they were doing what was right. They were doing completely the right thing, but, um, it was very challenging for them. So the warning here is, you know, don't fall into that trap because, um, that's what that is. You know, we can't neglect this salvation that we've been given. We have a purpose. God has a purpose for each of us in this salvation that we need to work out. We need to work outwardly where people can see this salvation and see him working in us. And there are certain things or responsibilities that we have uh, that we must do. So he's saying, you know, this salvation, which was first, uh, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord. He spoke it himself not through the fathers and the prophets he came here himself to save us to give us this instruction to redeem us right so that's even more important because if angels delivered or ministered uh his word and his truth and you know there was consequences for disobedience you know, how are we going to escape if the Lord himself has given us this, right? And that's the point that's being made. In verse four, he says, God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. So these are the other witnesses to add weight to the importance of this life that we've been given. Um, you know, God, the father bore witness that this was the word of God and, um, that this is what the purpose of God in our salvation. He bore witness to the fact that, you know, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And also, uh, with signs and wonders. I mean, they were, they saw countless, signs and wonders countless jesus healed so many people i mean we barely have um uh, just a small percentage of the record of the people that he healed and the signs and wonders that he um did when he was with the people they saw this these people who received this um saw this say the people who were receiving this letter these hebrew believers they saw all of these miracles that were done um and gifts of the holy spirit they had these gifts they had the ministry of god the holy spirit indwelling them and they saw the gifts of the apostles they had gifts themselves in which you know the fruit of the spirit in which they were ministering to one another so um, all of this was according to god's will And so if it's according to God's will, then we need to yield to the will of God. We need to know what the will of God is. That's very important. The letter to the Hebrews has a lot to do with going from being a babe in Christ to a mature, uh, usable servant. Right. We need to move on to maturity according to the will of God. Well, you can only do that if you know the will of God. And here we see that all of these things were done according to his own will. So that's putting it pretty plainly that we have responsibilities and we can't neglect this salvation. Um, There's obviously a danger of neglecting these responsibilities. And a lot of people, a lot of believers, I don't even think know what these responsibilities are. So... In light of that, I'm going to review some of the things that are associated with our salvation. Some of the things, some of the responsibilities that we've been given, just the ABC basic things that we've been given to do as believers. So the first one uh, is in Romans. So Romans chapter 12. Let me turn over there. Romans chapter 12. So I'm going to read what it says. Um, I think this is a good starting point basis for uh, showing the responsibilities that we have in this salvation. That God has saved us for a purpose. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, okay? And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove uh, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we have responsibility. It says the very basic thing, a reasonable service that's acceptable to God is that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, meaning we do not live according to this world system. We should be different. We should not conform to the mindset, to the the, the life that of the people around us. We should be living sacrifices, meaning that we are going to sacrifice um, certain things. We're going to set ourselves apart in holiness from certain things that, you know, culture, our culture says it's fine. The world says it's okay. You know, go ahead and do it. If it feels good, then do it. That's what the world says. But we out of service to God, are going to separate ourselves from those things. Whatever those things are that are not in conformity with what God's will is for us as a servant, we're going to separate ourselves from. And this is acceptable to God. That's what it's saying. This is what he has called us for. We should not look, people should be able to look at us and look at our lives and see that we're different, right? There should be something about us that they see and they go, wow, that's, that's different. And those differences are not to alienate us, but to give us an opportunity to minister to people and tell them why we're different. That's how you get an opportunity to administer the gospel. Well, you know, I noticed that, you know, you don't do this or you don't do that. Well, it's not because I'm being legalistic. Let me tell you why I don't do it. You know, well, why don't you drink? You know, people have asked me that. Well, why don't you drink? Well, because it's not because I can't drink. It's because I want to remain as sober as possible so that if I get an opportunity to witness to somebody about the Lord Jesus, I want to be sober so that I can adequately represent him. Yeah, I have every right to drink just like you do. You know, God has not told me, hey, you can't drink, but I choose not to because my priorities are different. I want to serve him and I want every opportunity that I have can to serve him so I don't drink so I can be sober you know that's that's how you get an opportunity to minister and it's just a basic thing it says your reasonable service That's basic and it says be not conformed to this world so we should be different all right We should be transformed by the renewing of our mind well how is our mind renewed it's renewed through the word of god that's how our mind is renewed you know so that's that's one of the basic things that uh we're called to do in our in this salvation that we should not neglect because it's been given to us from the lord jesus himself and another one is in the letter we're studying hebrews In Hebrews chapter 13, I'm going to turn to that. Hebrews 13 and starting with verse uh, 15, it says, yeah, it says, by him, speaking of the lord jesus therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to god continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name so this is another basic thing that is associated with our salvation that we should be doing continually and that's thanking god we should be we should be offering this sacrifice of praise you know there's a lot of people that you know they'll say oh praise the lord and it's you know, they'll say it. And it's, it's almost like it's just automatic and they don't really mean it. You know, I don't know if they mean it or not, but I know if I mean it, you know, and we should be doing it. We should be praising him, praising him, not just with our my our mouths, but also with our lives. You know, our lives should be in praise of God. So again, it gives us an opportunity to minister because the world, they don't praise God. They curse using his name, but we should be praising him. And we have a reason to praise him. He has delivered us. He has gone to great lengths to deliver us and to give us a hope, Um, not a hope of what might be, but a sure hope of something to look forward to that's going, that's already set and set aside for us. And you should be able to see in your life many things that um, should result in praise. I mean, I can sit and just praise him constantly for how that he has cared for me, how that he has uh, provided for me. And he does that for all of his people, you know, and we can't let our circumstances or our situation distract us from praising him because he's worthy of that praise. And it's important that we come to a mature place in our spiritual lives where we can see beyond the situation and praise him because this is one of the things that we've been called to do and we should do it. And I believe that our praise here in this life carries a far greater weight than our praise will when we're in heaven. You know, he he's still gonna be praised by all of the hosts of heaven. There's angels that that's all they do before his throne is constantly praise him. And there's a value. I mean, he deserves that. That's how it should be. He's God. The fact that we praise him in this life, I believe carries a much greater weight. So we should be doing it continually because it pleases him. And so then there's another basic thing that we should be doing. That's in first Thessalonians. Let's turn to that. First Thessalonians. Let's go to. Let's see here. Chapter five. And verse 16. Uh, it says, um, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So this is the other basic thing that we should be doing, rejoicing evermore, okay? Rejoicing is a ministry of God the Holy Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit And we should be rejoicing. We should be rejoicing constantly because we have everything to rejoice about. If we had nothing in this life, if we had none of the things um, that are associated with this life, the fact that we have a sure hope in Christ because we have him, because we have God, the Holy Spirit indwelling us, uh, we have the word of God, these things, or reasons to rejoice evermore and it says pray without ceasing so we should be constantly in prayer so that doesn't mean to get on your knees and you never do anything else you don't work you don't um, clean your house you don't um, visit other people that's not what that means but we should be always in a state of conversation with the lord jesus god the holy spirit has indwelt us lives in us why would you not be talking to him I mean have you ever thought about that if you had the choice between the you know listening to the radio um, thinking about your grocery list or something uh, trivial and talking to God which one do you choose I mean Jesus lives within us. We can talk to him all the time. You know, I feel like that. I mean, I love the Lord Jesus and I look forward to spending eternity in his presence. I love talking to him. Uh, I love getting to know him through his word and asking him questions. Uh, he answers I mean, we have an intimate relationship to where we can pray without ceasing. That's how we access the Lord Jesus through prayer. So why would we stop? You know, we should constantly be in prayer. That's one of the things that has been given to us. And it says in everything, give thanks. That is a, that's a result. If you're praying, you're going to give thanks. Those two things go together. If you're praying in God, and the Holy Spirit and the power of the spirit, you cannot help but to give thanks because that's a, because there's a joy associated with access to the Lord Jesus with being able to have this conversation and you give thanks, you know, and that's what, that's what he wants. That's his will, Right. This is the will of God in Christ concerning you. So I believe that this is giving us a glimpse as to what our ministry will be in heaven. Uh, We will be rejoicing evermore. We're going to be uh, in constant contact with the Lord Jesus. And we're going to constantly be giving thanks. We're going to be praising him. You know, these are the things that are associated with our future. And we need to be doing them now. We need to be practicing these things now because this is what God has called us to. And I believe that by doing these very basic things, you know, we will be pleasing to the Lord. This is how we grow and our growth is associated with these activities these kind of activities help propel us forward you know in that walk in that step and it keeps us on our feet where we're taking one step at a time moving that much closer to who it is that god wants us to be and who he has destined us to become and these are the abcs you know the very basic things that help us to become the servants that we were called to, the salvation that we have been blessed with, and there's so much more associated with this salvation. You know, there's so much more that we've been given, and it's amazing um, just to to think about. It's it it really is uh, makes you awestruck. But these are definitely some things that are important for our growth. So let's say we follow these steps, right? We do these things. We incorporate these things into our lives. We're more conscious of these things so that we become um, better servants. Well, what's the objective of this? You know, are we just doing this ritualistically just to do it? No, no. There is an objective. We have a very clear objective that's been laid out to us. And we need to keep that goal before us and do these things in light of that goal. And I think you can find that the the, the where it's the most clear, most clearly described is in Philippians. So let's turn there. There's a lot of turning today. Let's go to Philippians. And let's take a look at um, what it is that should be, I believe, our our goal. So Philippians chapter 2, and this chapter basically lays out, I think, what should be our objective, the single thing that is our objective in this life. That when we incorporate these basic things with this objective, we become who it is that God wants us to be. Uh, Chapter two, verse one, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, and there is, if any comfort of love, and there is, if any fellowship of the spirit, and we know there is, if any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy. So Paul is saying, hey, make my joy full by doing this that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Okay, so that's the believers. Uh, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, right? We don't do things that way. That's not of the Spirit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. And that should be our mindset towards one another, whether you're husband and wife, brother, sister, um, co-workers, whatever, you all sh- you should always be esteeming others uh, um, above yourself. It'll make you to be have the proper servant mentality. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So. This is basic consideration. This is, well, it's beyond just basic consideration. This is a spiritual level of consideration where you are not focused on your own situation, right? But you're looking beyond yourself to the needs of others. That's what prompts you to minister the gospel. That's what gives you an empathy or a care for the salvation of others and even the needs of other brothers and sisters, verse five, let this mind be in you. This is important, Uh, which was also in Christ Jesus, who is our example, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, which is true. He is equal to God, Um, but instead made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And that should be our mentality. We are servants. We're to serve one another. We're to serve the needs of other people through the ministry of the gospel. And was made in the likeness of men. Um, This is the Lord Jesus taken upon flesh. Like I mentioned before, he took upon humanity. He left all the glories of heaven. He muted his glory by putting on flesh. And being found in the fashion as a man, these people, these Hebrew believers, they knew him as Jesus, a man. Uh, He humbled himself uh, and became obedient unto death. So to say that he humbled himself, I mean, there is no way that you could, I can't give you an analogy that properly um, captures how he humbled himself in becoming a man. Um, the only thing I can think of is it would be like you wanting to go and, um, save a bunch of cockroaches, becoming a cockroach yourself so that you could, um, speak and live as a cockroach. I mean, that's, that's a terrible example. It's not even close to what happened, but it gives you the idea of, how that he left his exalted place and became like us and he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death. So none of us is have, in Hebrews it says, strived against sin to the point of dying or shedding of blood, right? Uh, We don't, we just don't strive against sin that hard, (laughs) you know, we're not putting up that kind of fight, but he was became obedient uh, unto death, even the death of a cross, which is a horrible, horrible death. And this is, he was willing to, and became obedient in his 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 um, fight against sin and death by dying himself, and then dying in this most humiliating and horrible way. Um, Wherefore, God also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. So there's a reward associated with living this life. That's the point I was making. We have an opportunity now in this life to serve God in a way that we'll never have again. And he was the example of that. Says, We're for God also highly exalted him. Well, does that mean he wasn't exalted before? No. But now he's exalted with humanity. He has taken upon humanity us, our nature, right? And he has taken that and exalted it. So therefore, God has highly exalted him. giving him a name which is above every name so now that gives us access to god and access to that same exaltation that's our entrance into heaven that's why we're seated in christ in heaven because he's seated in heaven and we've been placed in him he has done this work verse 10 that at the name of jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven things in earth and things under the earth so the entire realm of creation In heaven, on earth, and even below the earth, they are to bow, right, Uh, at the name of Jesus. Uh, They may not be doing that now, but there's going to come a time when all things are complete in which this is going to happen. This is going to be the truth. And it is stated here in scripture as if it's already happened because it's that sure. Verse 11 And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. So we have an opportunity to um, confess him before mankind mankind now, right? That Jesus is Lord. And it glorifies the Father when we do that. Um, There's going to come a day when everybody will bow down to him uh the great white throne judgment before those who are unsaved go to their final uh, judgment they're going to confess and they're going to bow to him Um, they're going to be forced to at that time Uh, we have an opportunity to do it now in a way out of love once we enter heaven We're going to bow and confess him because that's what heaven is. That's what happens there. God is worshiped and it will be the norm. There won't be any opportunity to do anything other than that. But now we live in a time where we have other things that we could be doing. We have um, television shows. We have uh, books. We have all kinds of entertainment, distractions, things that take us away from these spiritual things that we could go a long time without confessing that jesus is lord we can hang around certain people where jesus we never even mentioned jesus does that happen it shouldn't it shouldn't you know but it does so it's very important that we understand the opportunity that we have to worship that this salvation is great, that we've been given something and an opportunity that we'll never have again, and that we fully embrace and have this mind in us that was in the Lord Jesus, right? That we serve him, that we are servants and that we live a life of service. Does that mean you can't enjoy TV shows? No. We've been given all things to enjoy, but it does mean that we have to always give the proper place to other things and the proper place to the Lord Jesus in our lives. And people should see that. They will see it. If you would embrace these basic things and have this mind in you that you would be Like the Lord Jesus in this way, people are going to see it. You're going to have lots of opportunities to minister the gospel. You're going to have lots of opportunities to testify to His goodness, to His grace, and it's going to glorify Him. And I can't imagine anything that we would want to do other than that. I mean, that's got to be the highest use of our lives, of our mouths, of our bodies, of our health, of our sickness, of our suffering. If we can use those things to glorify God, then certainly that's what we should be doing because we're only here for a short time. You know, um, life passes by very quickly. So we need to redeem the time and use it in a way that glorifies God while we have this opportunity. So uh, I'm going to stop here. Um, This has been... I hope very informative for you. Uh, I've certainly enjoyed this study in Hebrews. Um, We need to um, embrace this exhortation, this warning, and with joy, you know, enter into the fullness of this life that we've been given in the Lord Jesus and enjoy the rejoicing that comes from a life dedicated to him and his service and to the service of others through the ministry of the gospel or the exercise of the gifts the spiritual gift or gifts that we've been given so may the lord bless us in this study as we continue let's close in prayer father thank you for your word thank you for your grace pray that you would make these truths to be a part of our lives and that we would embrace this opportunity we have to worship you in this very special way in this life that we've been given, and that you would make us to be more diligent, uh, to earnestly um, heed your warnings and your word and your encouragement, and that you'd empower us to be able to glorify you with our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.